girl. I cannot wait till you meet Yasmina Siques. She's a chef, she's a mother. Beyond, she's an extraordinary woman who has had a journey from Casablanca to America, from the highest, highest highs to some really lows. And you know, she shares her journey of how no matter what, she always follows her intuition. Every low, she seemed to rise even higher. So from me to you, you need to watch this. You'll be inspired, you'll be empowered. Girl, you're gonna have all of this after you listen to Yasmina because she is low-key, life-changing. I cannot wait for you to meet her. I met her at a cooking class, honestly, and I knew I needed to speak to her. I cannot wait for you to meet her. Beautiful people, I have this incredible woman, Yasmina Sike, sitting in front of me. I met her, wow, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. At a cooking class. My boyfriend took a cooking class and he wanted to go, he loves Morocco. Mm -hmm. So I'm online looking for a Morocco dinner, how to cook Moroccan, something to please this man. And I find Yasmina. So I walk into the house. Mind you, she's a chef, she's a mother, but her energy is more than anything you've ever experienced in your life. Mm. I walked in your house and I was just like, this is where we're supposed to be right now. And between you and me, Jason's like, where are you bringing me? <laughs> That's what he looked at me. And then he had the best night of his life. Oh. It literally was the best night ever. So I just want to say first, thank you for such an experience. Mm. I didn't even feel, I mean, I learned how to cook the best food, Moroccan food. If you guys haven't been to Morocco, you need to go. Um, but you brought so much light into my life and I was so more interested in you mm. than the food. Mm. I was like, I need to know this woman. <laughs> the food was beyond like my taste buds are all over the place. Jason was so happy. His belly was so full, mm. but I was like, there's something with this woman I need to know more of. Mm. Yeah. So welcome to girl. We got this first and foremost. Thank you. I'm stoked for you to be here. Thank you. So I want you to tell the people where are you from i know you're from morocco yeah you grew up in casablanca correct tell me what it was like growing in casablanca and how you found your passion for cooking mm -hmm. ah well so cool so awesome to be here with you you know one of the magic things that happen in life from cooking classes to eating to sharing breaking bread to here <laughs> sharing Literally. life stories with you you know, I felt the same thing about you. Mm. I felt, I saw beautiful light and energy, you know, so super happy to be here. So stoked. Sharing with everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I was born in Rabat and then um, parents and I and family moved to Casablanca when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandmother was with us. My grandmother, who is Lela Mina, yeah. who I named my whole uh, food journey after. Uh, because she was just a magic woman. She was a powerful woman. She mm. was a wise, patient. Her actions spoke louder than her words, and I loved that so much. Um, she was also a great cook, and she was very affectionate with me. Um, she, she was there through my whole life until I left for the United States. So growing up in Casablanca, I grew up in a, in a really cool household with lots of food. Mm -hmm. um, morning and noons, you know, our, our days were punctuated by a, 
awesome meal at noon after we come back from school. So that was the highlight of the day. After school is done at noon, we come home and there is a surprise always, which is this meal crafted with love that my mother, my grandmother, our helper, you know, it's very common in Morocco to have people that we, you know, that come and help clean and cook and do Mm -hmm. things. And most of them become part of the family. And they have uh, their own touches that they that they bring into the to the meal. So that's something I looked forward to every day. When I wasn't at school, I was grocery shopping with my mother or one of my grandmothers, um, going for fresh seafood. And Casablanca is so rich mm-hmm. in flavors. And Morocco in general, we have a lot of uh, beautiful fresh food. And your spices are unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, that's built my palate ever since I was a, a baby. Because also my mother was such a pro at, at um, honoring our palates ever since we were mm. six months old. She cooked the freshest foods, played with ingredients and honored our, our palates the way they should. And I think that really went into creating this, this love for flavor that became also an emotional flavor. Right. Now, growing up, you told me mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted to be. Yep. There was two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a fashion designer and a chef. And I'm That's like, right. <laughs> how the heck did you know what you wanted to be? Because growing up, a lot of us will say crazy things. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger. Yeah. I tried it after college, hated it. Mm. So how did you know that this was your passion as a chef? Like, And how did you decide whether fashion or chef? Like, Mm. you know, I think it's so cool when women at a young age know what they want and just go for it. Yeah. How did you know? Very easy. You know what? I didn't, I knew because these are two things that were clear Mm -hmm. for me that I love doing. When I wasn't sewing, I also sewed. My grandmother sewed a lot. So I would sit with her and learn how to sew and stitch and do embroideries. And so one of my passions also was to go collect fabric after school all the leftover fabrics from the fabric rows yeah. in Casablanca and create collections for my dolls. Wow. So I did that. I made things from shoes to hats to full on collections oh, sweet. for my dolls when I was six until I was 14. Wow. And then I also did things for my little brother. And, and then when I wasn't doing that or dancing, because music was a huge thing, mm. I was in the kitchen making things. So I was allowed to create endlessly and make the biggest messes if I wanted to in the kitchen um, whenever I wanted. And then often I would close the kitchen down and say, this is Yasmina's restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) You're all invited to eat from my menu. So my, you know, mom, grandmothers loved it because I made things that were not existing in the Moroccan thing. I made little creations that weren't really part of the Moroccan gastronomy. And I had a cousin who was often ready to go, who was going to be the guest of honor, (laughs) (laughs) who is now a concert pianist, who is incredible. So we were, you know, uh, since playing with one another. So I knew, I think at eight years old, I created my brand and it was called Kriya's Fashion. (laughs) And it was going to be a fashion line. And the cooking was going to be in the side for my ideal husband. I was going to be the wife cooking beautiful things and having children and cooking for my friends. But then I knew I wanted a restaurant. I wanted to live above it. And I had a clear vision. And I'm like, I'm going to trust. In the meantime, there was no such thing as cooking school in Morocco. Ah. There was fashion school. 
All I remember is that when I was 18, I went to school in the morning. I was at the end of what which, which, uh, here is 12th grade to finish, you know, graduating. Right. And then my father came and then he goes, hey, this super cool fashion school just opened and you need to go check it out. Sure enough, I went that afternoon. I didn't go to school. My daddy goes, you know, you've been sewing and drawing and doing illustrations for as long as you want to. Now you can do that. Why not? I went in there. I got accepted and I joined the next day. I actually left high school wow. before it was done, before I got my diploma, right. which was really crazy. My mom wanted to kill me. Yeah. She's very I upset that. about that. Yeah. yeah. She, you know, she wanted me to finish. But there was a part of me that was like, let's let's go. I know what I'm going to be. Yeah. I know it's clear. Wow. So, so dope. You just follow that <laughs> intuition, dude. Well, my, in that your mom was like, I know she was probably freaking. She was freaking out. Yeah. My father was in full confidence of me. That's so cool. He knew. He paid for a whole year. He's like, I know my daughter's going to, what she wants, she's going to do it. And you know. I do. I yeah. did know. And I, I could tell, you know, I looked at my mom. I said, I will never regret what I did. And you can wow. tell, you can you know, even for now, I talk about it and I say, whatever decision I made early on, I knew that I was going to own up fully to it, to the full extent. Which is brave. You know what I mean? At a young age to be like, dude, this is my choice. This is my path. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And owning it. Yeah. Dude, you're already manifesting your life at such a young age. How dope is that? Hey, that's what we do. Yeah. I think if we can tap into the power of manifesting and believing in, yeah. you know, we can really do anything we want. Nobody can stop us. Yes. Nobody. Preach. Right? No, it's, 100%. It's, 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 you know, if everybody can believe it, for some people, they need more guidance. Yeah. They need more schooling. They need more things to get into things. And that's great. And that's wonderful. Yeah. I knew my schooling resided in other places. Yeah. And so math wasn't going to do it for me. Right. You know, it was other things. And right. I, I knew that. And I think a lot of the people out there have the same ability. Everybody's got that ability. It's just about whether you believe it or not. Exactly. And That's I think it. it's whether you trust it because we all have that intuition, especially as women. I don't know what it is. Like we have that, but it's up to you to choose to follow it. Yeah. Right. Yep. And the more you believe it, and I think sometimes, you know, all it takes is having one person that can also believe in you. Yes. You know, because we are a whole. We don't do things alone. Yeah. You know, I do believe that it takes a few lights, a few, a few energies, a few people to believe in your path as yeah. well. And to say, you know what, we, we believe in you too. To seek, uh, not necessarily to seek, but to know that we are receptive to energies that believe in us. It's like a confirmation. <clears throat> yeah. When somebody confirms that you already believe yeah. and sees your vision, you're already like, yes, I'm on to something. That's right. It helps. Make it a fun journey. Make yeah. it a cool one. I mean, it's, it's a short-lived one when you think about it. You know, we're all here for a limited amount yeah. of time. Yeah. That's the only thing we can say is limited. It's yeah. our time on earth as physical bodies. And we don't know when it's going to end. But, you know, for as long as we can, make it the most exciting adventure. Being in total truth with ourselves, I think that's the biggest gift we can give ourselves, our creator, our people, because we're able to be authentic with everybody around us. And that's, that's it. The rest is, there's no guarantee. Did you, it, that sounds so beautiful. <laughs> so beautifully no said, and it's true. Mm. You know, I just wish we were all able to tap into that because I think 
if all of us really believed in that and followed our truths and followed our journey and didn't overthink things and didn't second guess things and you know didn't let the outside world really get us down you know failures keep us low yeah you know us as a woman as a gender would be so much more powerful too at this moment i mean we're growing and we're becoming what we need to become mm -hmm. but if we had that intuition that you had as a 12th grader graduating into fashion designer yeah every woman mm. could you imagine i mean i can and we see snippets of it here yes. and there. We see it when yes. it happens and we know how magnetic and how powerful and inspiring yes. for everybody it is to see it. So the more of it, if we invite, you know, us women bringing our, mm -hmm. our women tribe together, yeah. believing in the power we have. I mean, we are made to create life within. Literally. It's a huge thing that we have a gift yeah. to bring life manifesting it through a physical body that's one little thing we yeah. can do like that so if we can tap into that for other things then the world is ours Literally. i mean the world is ours yeah. we, we we can really manifest anything we want it's just a matter of putting it here yeah. and choosing yeah we choose yes. what we want yeah. to be and manifest and i think that's the biggest thing it's a choice yes and you have to make that mental choice in your head yep. to be like, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. Yep. And following it and believing and trusting your path. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get back. So now we're in fashion school. Yeah. <laughs> How did fashion school go? It was really amazing. It was such a dream spending those, uh, you know, few years in yep. there with uh, creatives, you know, learning about things that I did instinctively, but mm -hmm. actually getting to see them um, drawn out in computer, um, making, you know, doing things for a fashion show, you know, coming together with illustrators, knowing how to illustrate differently, yeah. you know, based on the guidelines. I loved all that so much. The only thing I didn't love after a while is school, the ah, notion of school. Yes. I did not love the idea of grades. Mm. I did not love the idea of being there from one time to another and being released at a, at a time yeah. that wasn't up to me. I didn't love that so much. I think that a part of me is a, is a wild, is a wild woman of the earth mm -hmm. where I feel like I don't want to necessarily be stopped when I'm on fire, yes. when I'm on mad creative times, I want to just continue. Yeah. And when I, you know, my core resides in creating something else, I want to do that. I think that's, mm -hmm. It was challenging for me in the third year to realize that mm, one part of it was, yeah, like waking up at that time. I'm like, I've been doing this now for not, I'm 19 and I'm still waking up to be at school at yeah. 8 a.m., leave at noon, go home, come back. And so all that started to annoy me a little bit. And yeah. I wanted to go explore life. I was ready to go explore life in its own meanings of freedom. Mm -hmm. And I had discovered America because normally the path was finishing fashion school in Morocco, going to Paris ah. and following that path right. that was totally programmed. And I was part of the deal. Right. And that was all cool until I, I came a summer before to the United States to visit my brother. And then, you know, I had heard of FIT in New York and how, you know, the village and right. all this fashion right. madness and freedom of creativity was happening. And then here I am in New York City, one more year of fashion to be continued. 
and then my imagination is going wild and I could see that I could I could start putting all my creativity into action yeah and I was ready to unleash I was ready to leave and I part of me feels like some things I finish, some things I don't finish. Yeah. And I really liked what it did for me. It, it fed a part of me um, that felt like I did not need to finish a program that was man-made and man-created mm -hmm. in order for me to be at my highest potential. Wow. You know what's so cool? A lot of people feel like you feel. Mm. A lot of people don't understand the purpose behind school. Mm. And especially now with yeah. all the access to information that we have. You know, yeah. the time, the this, you have to do this. And it is man-made. Honestly, it is. Yeah. So I, I honor you for just being like, you know what? F this. It I tried it. It. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Nope. You know, because it's it. not for everybody. No, Schooling isn't for everybody. Yeah. So it's really cool that you, I think you have this really magic conscious mind where you, you go with how you feel. Yep. And you don't second guess it. Nope. Only, you know, I will think about it for a second if I'm like, am I hurting anybody? Yeah. Am I doing anything that could put anybody in a bad position? If I'm not, then right. I'm going to go for it. Because I feel like as long as I can, you know, deal with the consequences, I study the consequences just a little bit enough for me to know where I'm diving, mm. to see what environment am I going to be in. And then I'm like, let's go. Let's do this. What do I need to do? And for me... I knew that my, my superpower resided in human connection, mm -hmm. that I could get anywhere I wanted to through human connection, yeah. through interacting, through sharing what it is, yeah. and then feeling like, hey, what do I want to do? I think I can bring something for you, whatever you have as a company, I can yeah. work for you, I can help with whatever. I knew I, I did not second doubt that. And then also I, I loved working. I loved knowing that my work was being compensated with yeah. something yeah. and that I could contribute to a bigger thing. Yes. So America felt like the perfect spot for me to be because it could get me that as quick as I wanted to without going through so many steps to further delay it. Mm -hmm. The momentum was here. Right. I had to take advantage of it in the real meaning wow. and just diving with all my energy. And I said, this is it. You know, this is the place where I want to be. I'm going to go to America. That's it. Wow. So what age did you leave Morocco? 20. How, how did your mom and grandma feel? Uh, I actually ran away. I knew we'd run away. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, I had no reason to run away. I, had a, I, had, I was lucky to have had a visa in my passport <laughs> that was 10 years old. Yes, that's the only thing where I feel like my mom had a little pain because of it, because I didn't tell her. But it was part at that point, it was part of me creating my story. And I want I, I really I could remove myself from myself and be able to see myself as also this adventurer of life that this bird is ready to fly yeah. that, you know, all it needed is to feel confident enough to fly. And because people that mm. its parents loved it, trusted it yeah. to do that flight. And for me, I was it. And I knew that I was going to be received well, even though it was going to be discomfort and a little pain, but that I was going to make up for it by coming up, really showing up strong for the whole tribe. Ooh. So, oh, so hold on, I need to get down to this. How did, <laughs> did you, you run, run away? away? From Casablanca to, <laughs> yes. to, to New York, yes. technically. I had, um, so I planned it for a month. <laughs> I oh had God. a, 
Oh, yeah. That was 1996, October 1996. So school started in September, third year of fashion school. I knew already that wasn't going to be it. Um, I told my, uh, I had uh, my fashion, um, he was my pattern teacher who was amazing. We were super close and he wanted, he believed in me so strongly. And he's like, look, if you feel it, you've got to do it. Mm. Feel it, you got to do it. I'm here to help you. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. I don't want to have to tell everybody that I'm leaving. I'm going to write a letter, leave it with my younger brother, who is my ally and my, you know, gift in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then all I needed was a ticket. But then also in the summer when I came in, I met this guy who I fell in love with. So we had this beautiful relationship, you know, and he was the one that actually bought me a ticket. Perfect. He bought me a ticket. And then for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to find a way and I'm going to work and whatever it takes, you know. I started packing for about a month. It took me a month to make a little suitcase (laughs) because every day I went to school, I took clothes and I packed it in my friend's house. Comes the day, which was a really divine, intense day in my life where I woke up and then I knew like I was leaving and then I was like, okay, it's time. I'm ready to no longer have live in my parents right. house i need to you know do this there was this beautiful call to the prayer as you am sure you've witnessed yeah. in morocco you well, know the prayer is incredible. 5 a.m i was listening to that and then um i kissed my parents you know goodbye and i said look i'm not coming home for lunch i went to see my brother i did not lie but i only <laughs> said i'm not coming home for lunch right <laughs> which was true yeah. and i gave the letter to my brother who also fully supported me and believed and i said give them this letter at 8 p.m when i'm going to be already in new york wow mm-hmm. And then I went, got my suitcase from my friend and then hopped on a taxi cab and went to the airport. And then from there, I was six, six and a half hours away. I was in New York City. Yo, this is like a movie right now. It was, it was <laughs> wild. It was wild. I had a, my, my Barbie with me. I was yeah. 20. The one that I like, the one that was been with me since I was 13 wow. that I designed everything for. And then I had my drawings, all my portfolio from fashion school. And then I was in my f- plane alone and it was so amazing and i had like america was like opening its door to create the canvas of my life wow yeah you knew this is where you need to be i did yeah yeah i did it was really it was very cool it was very cool to come here and i even shared a taxi ride from the airport to the greyhound station with somebody i met at the airplane and i was talking in english in ways that was still a beginner's way but i was you know, I, I felt truly an American in the sense of like, I'm here to create, I'm here to contribute yeah. to this culture yeah. that has welcomed people from all over to help them have a better life for right. themselves. Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. And I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, when people come from all over the world into America, they want to feel how you feel. Mm -mm. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, you feel it. You feel it because you hear so much. I mean, America, I grew up watching movies from here. 
listening to music from here, hearing lyrics, you know, that I barely understood, but yet could relate to right. in the sense of rhythm. So this country spoke to me and it continues to speak to wow. thousands of people all over the world because it symbolizes the ability to go from what's in your mind could become your reality. It's up to you. Wow. Nobody's going to block you here. And I really feel it to this day. It is still the case. And you feel it here yeah. when you go back to certain countries like Morocco, which is fantastic. Beautiful place. Beautiful, Beautiful place. Country. Not the same ability to manifest mm. your will to contribute to the society with your superpower. Wow. And it's not going to be received the same way, nor are you going to be able to make a decent living. Right. You know, that right. is going to allow you to thrive. Because that also is, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, it's so beautiful because being an American, living in America, we don't think like that. For sure. I've never experienced mm -mm. how beautiful and how freeing this country is. Yeah. You know, until I sit with incredible women like you that really make me realize like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is so dope because you had this fire in you. Yeah. So now you're in New York. You're in the jungle. You're I was in, there. I was in. It, you're living it. I was there. Yeah, I was there for a little bit. And then, you know, had a little bit of experiences. I had friends that I had met. And, you know, I had that boyfriend who yeah. I ended up marrying ah! uh, later. Yeah. Who I was with for four years, who was amazing. And, you know, we, we had this fantastic relationship. But he showed up for me big time. He also wow. believed, you know, in me and guided me through the path for a few years. Right. You know, I had guardian angels. That's why I said I've had I guardian angels. <laughs> While my grandmother was still back home, I know she was praying deeply in her heart that I would be okay, that yeah. everything will work out. You know, these prayers are heard. Yeah. People that pray, I say, your prayers I heard, you know. Let yeah. your ancestors pray for you. Pray for them. Continue to do it. They show up. They showed up for me so many times in the hardest moments of my life. I know my grandmother's prayers show up really i really do grandmas are special dude like yeah. they have special superpowers yeah they say it's double the love yeah. that they feel for you than the one they feel for their own kids i see it with my mom and my own kids yeah how she feels for them you know and she says it's love times two mm. you know it's so cool because when we're at our lowest lows when we feel like should i have to start over how am i gonna do this yeah when things happen like for instance you're getting this new place for a month yeah free mm-hmm you know you're on your right path. Mm -hmm. You know it, but you're yeah. trusting your intuition yeah. and you're going with the flow of life. Yeah. So now you're in fashion. When do you do the shift? When did you shift from fashion, fashion. to culinary school? Um, well, f the shift happened in Philadelphia when I was uh, freelancing. I was doing uh, freelancing for these um, drag queen shows. Hi. You know, because I love doing things out of recycled fabrics. Yeah. And then I was into Jean-Paul Gaultier's bustier that came out with Madonna Ooh, and faucets sexy. in the boobs. Yeah. And, you know, all that corsets. And I loved working with fabrics that were out there and also just working with recycling. What can I do with garbage bags? What can I do with aluminum? What can so I do with cool. things? Just when I was doing that, I was like, you know what? There was this company that I loved so much that was called La Colombe. It's a coffee place that opened in Philadelphia in 1998. And I happened to go have my coffee there in the morning. And so they were opening another branch. And then um, 
I said, this is really cool. You know, I would love to come in the mornings and help out as the place was opening. So I got hired to do that. I had never worked in the industry before. And so they taught me all about, you know, roasting coffee and the bean and the quality and how to, you know, train three months before you can serve an actual coffee to somebody that's really is worthy of being paid for that amount of money that how much you need to hear and close your eyes and listen to the sound of a a cappuccino being made because you can tell it's a bad one just by the noise so training with these really high quality people um todd and jean philippe they were amazing went to stay with them for a little while actually opened a rest a cafe restaurant in philly Ended up working there for two and a half years from scratch, being anything from making coffee to helping craft a menu that was Southern France based, working with ingredients, knowing how to talk to people. Mm. What is the relationship of food and people when you're behind the bar? Right. You know, for me, that was really important also to to understand that dynamic that was very new because you're the bar is behind right. you. People are ordering your and you can tell they're excited by the way you're describing the food to them. That was back in 1999 in Philadelphia. And so because we built such beautiful relations together, uh, I ended up going to Miami. There was a short club hotel opening in yeah. Miami in South Beach that needed a, you know, a manager. So I went for that to open up uh, the restaurant that was going to be the restaurant of the short club hotel. So that was a point where you were like fashion. It was great. Fashion was great. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I never really worked in it uh, high in a way, but I knew that the excitement was coming from something else. Yeah. You know, but food and the people in food was it for me. I think people are it for you. Mm hmm. And food is like just like that topping. Yeah, (laughs) because you could do anything with anyone whenever. But I want to, you know, there's probably all these incredible listeners right now thinking like, well, I want to come to America and be a fashion designer. Yeah. I want to, I want to come here. How, how did it is me to do it? What would you tell that person listening? Um, I say, take all the steps you can to do it. You know, if you want to design, you know, if you want to come and create and do something, get in touch directly with the source. Mm. You know, I think it's really important to believe in your ability. I think there is power. Sometimes we feel like, how can I touch base with that? I need a somebody that introduces me or a middle person, you can find that middle person. If you can't seek the highest part, find a way to get there, right? Find a way to get there. Use your, what you have to deliver to the people to communicate what it is you want. People land big internships in many places just because they believed in sending their yeah. You know, and I always say pitch yourself, pitch yourself, pitch it's, yourself. That's it. Even if you don't feel ready for sure. Cause I always tell people, you know, you never know you what never. they need. You never know what they need. And maybe that's not the role, yeah. but maybe they have something else for you Correct. and you can slide your way in. Yep. You yeah. can, you can find your space. And if your space is meant to be there, it will be. And sometimes to not take no, ever right. take no as, as an answer. Mm-hmm. No is not an answer. To me, no is the beginning. Ooh, <laughs> I like this that. This is where I begin. If yes. it's a no, and I really want it, I almost, it goes like, I switch it, it's like, on, I'm on. There's no no. Ooh, I like that. You know? It's no it. means go. It's go, it means I'm on. And then you know what? Believe in yourself. Believe yeah, in yourself. Believe I think yourself. confidence, 
um, well, well built confidence. Sometimes confidence, you see it with people that even they're still learning so much, but they have this confidence that makes you believe that they will get there. And I think for women, that's the key. Yeah. Having the confidence just to step into the room, mm. having the confidence just to speak up, to use your voice. Yeah. Having the confidence to know, like, this is where I belong. This is what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Confidence is the key to life. It's huge. And it has to be a different confidence. I think we see it often now because women and their bodies and their yes. physical appearance, especially women that are attractive, yes. that have stepped into this world knowing that that's a powerful tool. Yes. And that's not something that they can also, that you need to almost take into the side and feel like there has to be something else mm. inside of you that's not going to be. There is. Yes. It, ha it is there. It is there. Mm. And to not just simply see what, how people are looking at you from your physical body, because I think our inner body that speaks way louder through our oh eyes, God. right? A hundred percent. That's, I mean. Our, our volume is from our inner. Yeah. Your energy speaks more than anything. Uh, yeah. And I Honestly. think. Honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm glad because I think energy is everything. Energy, you I mean, are right? energy. You are the best energy <laughs> ever. She's everything. So I can, I can just visually see you working with the drag queens, making these sick oh, costumes. Awesome. And now you're cooking. Yep. And first of all, you all will have to go to our cooking class because it's incredible here in LA. But food and you and people. Mm -hmm. To you, that is, I think utopia i think it's a place where it's just happiness mm -hmm. it's love mm -hmm. it's connection it's harmony mm -hmm. you have this way of just bringing people in and making them feel like they're at home mm -hmm. and food like i said is a catalyst correct you know what i mean you but got it i mean that's exactly it yeah yeah but it's you mm -hmm. so you know being a chef isn't easy no and i know this my my youngest brother is a chef and i'd always be like why are you going from job to job like what are you doing and i learned from you that night at dinner like you know a chef, you're always learning. So you're jumping from here to there. And to make a living, you work long hours. Yeah. You know? So I want to know about your experience as a chef. Mm -hmm. um, how that worked with your love life, you know, as a woman, <laughs> too, in the kitchen. Yeah. Because a lot of kitchens are run by men. You know, tell me about this. Well, a uh, little something maybe that you didn't know. I've never really worked uh, fully as a chef in a restaurant kitchen. Ah. So the, the restaurant we owned with my husband in Chicago, with my late husband in Chicago, is um, the restaurant was open by his father uh -huh. in 1972. The restaurant still stands there, and oh, I was a part nice. of it for 11 years. What is it? It's called La Creperie. Mm. And it's an institution. It truly is an institution of Amer in America. Of it's a fantastic place yeah. of stories of love, and that's also a place where you know when I met my late husband in mm -hmm. Philadelphia when I was doing another part of a restaurant, which was a fantastic experience. I came to this place, and then while his mother had passed away, they needed somebody else to really step in and take the restaurant again right. to another level. And I knew I had that ability, and they wanted me to do that. So we revamped the menu, we created new items, we yeah. made it a little bit more in and then it was fantastic you know it was really wow. it was already fantastic but we take took it to a higher level. level so i was you know 
interacting with the chefs in the kitchen that have been there for 25 years. So I knew how the kitchen operated very, very well. And I knew how kitchens operated before because I was always in the front of the house, part of the restaurant. And the food, I was the one that cooked afterwards. So people came to my place where I cooked and hosted parties, you know, and the restaurant kitchen wasn't necessarily where I operated my magic. Mm. It was in home kitchens. Right. And then most of the time, everybody would say, why are you not doing this for a living? You're so good at this. You know, you can, I love your food and Moroccan food isn't necessarily so known in in America. It's not, Mm -mm. which is so crazy to me because Moroccan food is It's going to change. It's really good. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really, really good. And I feel like not many of us were able to bring it to make it as accessible as it should be. Right. And I think it's changing slowly. It will change slowly. Um, but yeah, it exists. It's a home-driven kitchen. Yes. It's a home-driven food. Yes. Um, so for me, it was doing that while running the French bistro with my husband for yes. a while, you know? And so I learned a bunch of things about ordering. I did inventory. I did everything that I needed to do other than if I needed to cook, I would. Right. I knew I could do it right. if I was needed, if somebody didn't show up, but it, that barely ever happened. Wow. <laughs> so that part was cool, but I knew that opening another place was in the works. Yeah. And that's how LA ended up happening from Chicago to LA to open another place wow. where we're going to do our own thing as well, leaving the home base one yeah. in Chicago and doing La Creperie LA. Wow. And that's where the full-on expression was going to take. I was going to be more in the kitchen and all that. Yes. But unfortunately, my husband passed away after we moved to L.A., 10 days after. So it was quick. We move our whole life, everything, you know. Now, you have kids at this time. You're in Chicago. You have two kids. Correct. You're a working mom. Yep. You're a wife. Yep. You're running a restaurant. That's right. Yep. And now you have an opportunity to open a restaurant in LA, which is probably like huge. So you guys like freaking out, like, holy shit. It was, you know, it was welcomed. It was prepared well. Yeah. It was prepared well. And also once again, uh, when I trust, I can put fire in you to make you believe anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I believe that. I believe that. I have... You know, so for my husband, it was the same thing. Yeah. You know, it was that. And we're like, there's, we have everything possible. We're going to go look for a place. We're going to start it. We've already done this. We have a good base of people that love us and vouch for us. And all it takes is few customers in and then for the word to mouth to happen. Just this is it. You know, we're going to do it. Yeah. It was clear. You know, it's like bring food and great customer service, great food, great customer service. Do a good business plan that works. We're there. You know, in a place where you don't have that much competition doing what you're doing mm. also. So you moved to LA? Moved to LA, did that whole transition. It went so smooth. Everything was like, come. Yeah. From how we sold our house to how the partners in the restaurant in Chicago happened to everything, to finding a place in LA, to our kids changing schools. Like it was just mm. great. I had already have a little brother and my mother who lived here. So it was really nice. We had a cool... They were already in L.A. They were already in L.A. Oh, wow. So Mm -hmm. your brother and mother were in L.A. They were in L.A. So now it's time. It was time. It's like, let's share life. Let's let's do a little bit of life together with, you know, my part of the family, which was really fun to also give the children that ability to see what that's like. And you know what? After 11 winters in Chicago. (laughs) I can only imagine. Honestly, I want to know, how are you, how, how is it being a mother running all of this? Because I always think it's so incredible. Mothers are the most 
special gifted human beings on planet earth mm. i believe that i'll always believe that yeah how did you do it oh well you know it was doable i think i also had a great team you yeah. know we had a good team of people working but then i also loved it was not one day that i didn't love what i did mm -hmm. you know i would drop when the kids were old enough they were going to school when they were newborns we actually lived above the restaurant, wow. which was a whole different story. And you story. manifested that. Yes. That is wild. Because in the beginning of this, you literally told me that's what you wanted to do. That's right. The family house was above the restaurant for the first couple of years of us having um, my first son. Right. So things were relatively easy. You know, it was great. I was breastfeeding. My kid would come with me to the restaurant, to the kitchen. He would be in the baby bjorn with, wow. you know, his father. And the servers would babysit sometimes. It was that kind of a oh, vibe. Nice. It was like family. It was like family. So we were able to make it work. I was able to see my husband most of the time. Right. Which was really great. Wow. You know, so it was easy because of that. Right. And then we worked it together you know so nights where i had to stay until midnight some nights he had to and we had a great chef and we you know would come down we made the best out of it because there was the restaurant life was our life it right. wasn't work right right it was life so you were able to play the yeah. mother role that's right the wife yeah the chef that's in the right. kitchen running everything so now you move to la yeah we moved to la and your husband passes in 10 days. That's right. 10 days after. You know, it was so crazy. You mentioned this when we were in cooking class. Yeah. And I looked at Jason like, what the fuck? Mm. In my head, I was like, how did she do it? Mm. Literally, that's what I was thinking in my head. Like, whoa. Mm. Because never in a million years would I thought because of your energy and how you hold yourself in your, your spirit mm. that anything so crazy could have happened to you or has happened i would never have felt that yeah and then you said it and i was like whoa mm. what you know yeah moving to la is a huge thing it was a big deal i mean it's a big change of life yeah i, mean, I remember one day you know this is a really intense moment that i where it hit me all yeah. of a sudden where my um at that time eight-year-old son looks at me in the morning and he's like doesn't want to go to school and he goes i said why ryan why don't you want to go to school and he goes mom do you believe what just happened to me? I've changed cities. I'm in a new school. I'm in a new life. And I just lost someone. Mm. I don't want to go to school. Mm. And I go, okay, fuck that. No school. Let's just stay home together. Wow. No school. And he felt it. And he was like, you know, and for me, I was in go mode. Yeah. You know, okay, Papa died. Shit happened. It was an accident. It was horrible. It was the most painful thing I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. That took me to depth of where is this going to end as far as pain is concerned. Yeah. But then the sun is shining. The seasons are still happening. Yeah. Life is still going. It's still moving. Nothing stops at all. Nothing. Not even, you know, even the television programs start to get on, you know, you're like, why my life just changed and this is just playing again <laughs> like, literally or like you hear songs in the radio like you're not supposed to play like this was my husband yeah and i saw and so you're like look at your kids and you're like mama's gotta cry i need five minutes we need to cry right here i'm gonna stop the car okay all right and then you're like everything is gonna keep going the same the sadness is gonna be there but you know what this is life life 
is full of these things. Mm. And this, we got to deal with one of the hardest things that somebody had to deal with, yeah. which is losing somebody that early in a path. But then yet the amount of gestures of kindness that showed up from strangers because I had joined this Venice mother group when I moved to LA for yeah. support and finding playgrounds and things mm -hmm. like that, that all of them ended up showing up when they found out, cause I didn't know what to do. Wow. I was like, Hey people, is there any people here? Can My kids don't want to go to Chicago for their father's funeral. And I feel, I don't know what to do. Should I force them to go or yeah. should I not? Please tell me. I have no idea. My son is like, I don't want to take an airplane and I don't want to go to Papa's funeral. And I don't, I'm just going to be here. I'm happy to be here now. I had no idea what to do. So these people, you know, advised me, brought meals, gave me massages, mm. gifts of all kinds of love pouring from heaven. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like wow. this is really in the midst of such sorrow yeah. community shows up in LA where most of the people said, you know what, all these people in LA and no, 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 no. people say that shit. like, this is complete lies. Yeah. These people are incredible. So incredible. They're so human. Wow. So you know what? My kids, the sun shining, the weather, you know, this amazing weather, the ocean, because that's why I also wanted to be in LA mm -hmm. is to be close to the ocean and the mountains and having a culturally exciting city to thrive in and being close to my brother and my mom who were my pillars. I mean, yeah. they supported everything when I needed to just go for endless bike rides to just clear my mind right. so I can be a mother and not right. completely be chaotic, you know? It was crazy, but I kept it going. You know, I had a cool little house, you know, I was still cooking and had mm -hmm. to do my daughter's birthday. So mm -hmm. I invited all the neighbors mm -hmm. then back to cooking again, right? Showing the love through food. And then neighbors are loving the food. We're talking about it. You know, it's starting to create little ideas. And I'm like, well, obviously I'm not going to open a restaurant because my kids, I want to be there for them. Right. Cause if you open a restaurant, and I didn't You're want my there. mother or my brother to be the only ones taking, I wanted to be there, right. you know, right. take them to school, get them acclimated with a right. new city. So that, you know, the restaurant went in the back and it's like, what can I do? What else can I do? You know, to be in passion of something I love while dealing with sorrow. So I took a, a year, thank God, you know, I was okay, you mm -hmm. know, financially which was a really amazing thing. Right. We know what I say. We had life insurance with my husband, Yes. you know, and that helped. Yes. We, as soon as I, we got pregnant, that's the first thing before, you know, we got married, we did life insurance yes. and that showed up. You know, a lot of people say, how did you sustain? I said, that showed up. People don't think about this. They don't think about that when you're getting Why? married. Really? And it's like, we looked at each other and say, baby, you know what? If one of us is to have something, yes. we it, at least happens. need to know that you're going to be okay. And like, I want you to be safe yeah. and protected. That's and right. Good. And, my, and if we have kids or whatever, yeah. the least thing that you want to worry about is a place to rent or utilities for right. a while, you know, right. things like that. Right. And that's why I talk about it bluntly. And I say, you know what? Write your will, do yeah. these things, plan for, we're not here to be forever. No. Things could change like that. So yes. I think it gives you a peace of mind. Yeah. So, and I think your experience will speak to so many people listening because we don't think about that enough. I just did my life insurance, actually. Great, congrats. I did it last month. Amazing. And it was weird as hell. I'm to sure. Do it. I was like, yeah. what in the world am I, like, I'm already doing this shit, I'm still young. But I was like, we're, no. Yeah. I want 
my things to be protected. I want my family to be fine. I want things to be how I want them yep. to be. And if you don't take advantage of that, I think as women too specifically, we have to start protecting ourselves. Correct. And being aware of these things. A lot of women aren't aware. Yeah. You know, men are usually the driving force. They handle the things. We, it's, we have to take care of it as well. That's right. We have to. I mean, we're a driving force in yes. our relationships m most of the time, in our families, you yeah. know, women. We carry life through yes. our bodies. I mean, we have huge responsibilities on our on yes. our, And also to speak it, to yeah. to be confident in saying, hey, you know what, this is what I, I, I want, you yeah. know, from from us in a relationship, you know, that's going to go further. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong it's with love. that. It's love. In a material world where right. we live as well as a right. spiritual one, you've got to honor both. Right. To feel as a, as a, to have the confidence yeah. to continue. 100%. You need both. Parts. And you have to be brave enough to use your voice. I think a lot of women don't have that courage or yeah. they feel this or that. No. Yeah. This is your life. Correct. I always said, this is our life. This yes. is your life. It's a big deal. Dude, yeah. And you have to protect yourself because when things happen, like the loss of a husband. You never planned for that. No, I, Not I a, can in only a imagine. Years would I have thought I was going to be a single mother How at old 37 when I became 37. a widow. When my best friend looked at me and he's like, you're a widow right now. I said, oh, you're right. I am. I'm, wow. yeah, I'm, was I, yeah, I was 37. Yeah, we met wow. I was 25 and I was, I was a widow at 37. And it was it sudden? Well, it was sudden. It was, I mean, he unfortunately died of, um, you know, what killed millions of people like him in America. It's the OxyContin. He was addicted to painkillers. Wow. Yeah. So the death was sudden for sure. Wow. But he had battled with addiction for yes. a couple of years before that. And, you know, it's something that's real and it yeah. hits the core. And never people would have thought, you know, this mm -hmm. super beloved kid. I mean, he was on the Sun Times in Chicago. He's a beloved kid of yeah. Chicago. He's you a beautiful human being that yes. did the Peace Corps that contributed to so much, you know, yeah. like a, just a terrific soul. Mm. But yet again, got addicted to the meds yes. and it took his life. It did. Addiction is something addiction. hard. Yeah. It's hard. And it's hard to see somebody struggle with addiction. Super hard. It's one of the most painful things to see. Wow. Yeah. How did you navigate that? It was very difficult to navigate. You know, I was, it was so difficult to navigate to the point where I started asking God to do what's best. Yeah. I said, God, please do what's best. You know, because we tried everything. Mm. We tried everything. With Rehab. Him. Everything. Rehabs. I mean, six rehabs, super family support, yeah. all kinds of things. Wow. Like really everything. Yeah. And he tried everything he could. I mean, we had a family together and we had a dream life. You know, we really did have a beautiful life it. together. And, and I believe you manifested everything. We did. We had amazing friends and family yeah. and our kids were healthy and so much love. And the restaurant was doing great. And we were doing so many wonderful things with our business that mm -hmm. were going to take us even higher. Right. So all of those elements were present, but the addiction was there doing its thing. Mm -hmm. And it did it and it won. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's what happens. It I'm wins. so sorry. Now I'm saying this because I know there are people listening right now that probably deal with people with addiction. Yes. Oh. Is there anything you could tell them? You know, because sometimes I feel like it's, you feel hopeless and you feel like you can't do anything, especially when you've exhausted all the mm -hmm. options. Yeah. You know, how does, how does one deal with it? How does a woman, how does a wife, a sister? A sister, a mother. Yeah. You know, all, all, yeah, you, you. For me, it's the, the connection to the spiritual side. Yeah. It's trusting that 
that, you know, if you believe in God to say, God, please do what's right. The mm -hmm. universe, please do what's God mm -hmm. for this human being. If he's whatever it is, we know we have, we have a path. There is a path. Yes. Yes. It's there <clears throat> doing the best thing you can do acting from love always acting from love, mm -hmm. whatever, because addiction wants to make you angry mm -hmm. and creates a behavior that is not really yourself. You. Yes. And so that's terrible to witness being able to take a moment, get support, speak about it. Right. Don't hide. Yes. Don't. That's the key. Don't hide. Yeah. You know, share it with the people. And even if sometimes it feels like it's, you feel shame because you're like, yeah, my beautiful, smart, super awesome husband is addicted. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's real, but you're not mm. going to share it with everybody, but share it with your true people Yes, that, you know, are going to be showing up for you, go to educate yourself yeah. about how to detach with love mm -hmm. in ways that can, you know, you I think that's interesting how to detach with love. I did. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Wow. I had to, I had to have two parts, you know, where you see you have compartments yeah. within your brain, yes. your heart brain. Yeah. We have compartments. And I think you can tap into that where I can see you and say, I love you so yeah. much. And until death parts us, like really, yeah. my husband and I was like, there was nothing else that was going to separate us other than death. You know what's so crazy? I would have loved to. I would meet have loved him. to meet him. Yeah. Because I know he had to be special. He was amazing. He had you. Oh my God, he was uh, incredible. And 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 it, and it, it hurts my heart for you. But I can only imagine how beautiful of a life you guys had. We did. And and addiction is such a hard battle. It's ugly, mm -hmm. and it's a hard for everybody that's around oh. it and surrounded by it. Family, friends, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. There's so much power in you sharing the story. So I thank you, period, You're for welcome. sharing that with so many people that are listening. Yeah. You know, but now, like you said, you're six years out and yeah. now you can talk about it. For sure. I've talked about it nonstop, but I wasn't able to be tearless. Yes. Not, you know, I think also there's a part where I said I cried every tear in my body, mm. truly, which was really intense. I can barely cry anymore. Wow. But it's also, it doesn't hit me in my throat anymore. Right. You know, like the pain really does end, like physical pain when you cut yourself, like all of these things really end when you make peace. Yes. You know, you make peace with it and you've got to make peace with it for sure. What you, was the point where you made peace? Oh, it's, uh, for me, I, I made peace because it was, a, for me, I lived to say I love you until the end. Mm -hmm. I never, I say, don't ever separate on a, on a note of terribleness or make a phone call and say, I'm sorry, or I love you or to the people that you care about. And my husband, you know, we said, I love you until I put him in an airplane to fly back to Chicago 10 days after. And we're making out in the airport with our kids. <laughs> and the last words we shared was, I love you, baby. Yeah. You know, it was like that beautiful. Although my heart could feel because I could have it. I had an instinct. Mm -hmm. Something was going to happen. Yeah. So saying I love you and separating on the note of love, which is a higher vibration. It's a, so high. It connects you to the heavens feels like peace already is there right because you know what you've done everything you know you and lived you knew your you truth. did everything oh yeah yeah we both did yes we really did we gave it everything yes and you know and i think living in authenticity truly with love no fear not doing things just because people say that that's the right thing to do oh leave or take your kids and go yeah yeah but that's not necessarily the thing that's working yeah. out for me right now i'm gonna it's stick not, it out yeah i'm gonna stick it out and then this is love you know and it's okay and it's really hard and i had moments where i wanted to pack up and leave and i did it 
I did it and I started driving to LA and went back again to Chicago. <laughs> I was That's like, what mama. am I doing? I was yeah. like, my kids are in the back. They're like, where are we going? LA. <laughs> okay. Two years and two hours in Indiana. I'm like, no, no. Mama had a moment of impulse. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I'll tell you more about it. You know, we talked about addiction with them because their dad would come back from rehab and we'd go through brain and whatever. And we'll explain all that. We spoke openly about what was going on. With their children. With the children. I think it's... They feel everything. Yeah. Our and they see everything. See everything. They know. Can't hide much. Yeah. You give them as much as they can comprehend, but validate their instinct mm -hmm. always. Always validate the That's kid's beautiful. instinct. That's beautiful. Because I feel like people forget that. Kids are <sighs> aware. Kids are beyond aware. Oh, my God. If, if they don't even understand, they're going to feel way more than we do. Wow. So validate them. Be super honest with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, use language that can tap into them but explain to them the truth. Yeah. More than anything, I think that gives them confidence as a human being. Right. You know, my dad did that with me. He spoke raw. Yeah. He spoke raw truth to me, and I love him for that. You know, it's so crazy. My papa just passed last last month, oh. and before oh. he passed, I was with him holding his hand every day. And he, he looked at me and he said, if you have something to say, say it, but always tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And he would always tell me that, you know, and it's so true. Tell the truth and be in your truth and speak how you feel and mean what you say. And mm. honoring yourself, you're honoring everybody else around you. Correct. Because I feel like this pain actually comes back into us so much light, to be honest, you know? <sighs> so you, you dealt with this loss. And now I feel like a lot of us, when we fall or we have a major loss, we get depressed, we cry, we're sad. Some days I stay in bed, you know what I mean? With my grandfather passing, I didn't want to get Can out of imagine? bed. imagine? But then you get back up, right? And I think that's the beauty of a woman, of a man that deals with loss. You have to get back up and yep. start living in your truth. Yeah. So live in your truth. Yes. Baby. All the way. So now you're 37. Yeah. You were 37 I at, was the, at time the time. Yeah. With two kids. Yeah. Thank God you had a team around you to help you <laughs> yes. survive. I think that's a major thing too. People Great. reach out to people and reach ask out. for help. Ask. I think it's so dope that you had that motherhood, sisterhood, Venice family that came great. and swooped in. That's so incredible. Yeah. But it's brave of you to ask. Yeah. Because some of us don't ask for help. I did not have an answer. Yeah. The truth is that went inside myself and then I had zero answer. And I said, you know, let me ask the tribe. See what they say. Yes. You know, and whatever answer gave me a uh, felt, whatever answer gave me that I felt good with it right. is the one I chose. And sure enough, none of my kids went to their father's funeral and they were super fine with it. Wow. We went to a memorial four months mm -hmm. later and they were happy to go. Wow. They wanted to go and be a part of that. Right. They were not ready to do that. And, you know, I, I did not want to live with that guilt right. of like, oh, my God. But that was at peace. A hundred percent. I actually wrote letters with them about it wow. to keep in the in the, the memory of Papa because yeah. we have a whole suitcase full of these things of the memory, you know, wow. of Papa. and it's cool. It was like, Hey, you know, this is, we wrote this together yeah. and it's important for you to grow up and say, these are the paths of, of, uh, losing a parent and these are your choices. And I want you to know, I honored your choices. Even when you were eight years old, I want you to know, I respect your wish. I will not force you. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It's all I could do. That's so beautiful. That's what felt real to me, you and, know? And I just think I'm so thankful that you had that sisterhood around you. I mean, your tribe. Our it's, women. Yes. It's Our so important women. to have this tribe of women around you, so to guide amazing. you, so to help amazing. you. Yeah. 
I feel like when you have women around you that honor you, mm. you become 10 times the woman you already are. Correct. You know, and it's and in such a time that you were in, you were able to like come back. Mm -hmm. And your yeah. light's probably even brighter than ever. Yeah. You know, I feel like the switch button is on and it's yeah. on, you know, and it's on when it's on, it's on and it gets, it gets excited, you know, and it took a woman to also be like, Hey, you need to start teaching and make money from it. Why don't you make money from this stuff yeah. that you're doing? Because yeah. for me, I don't, money is an entity that I don't always put into cooking right. I, in the beginning of my path. It was just all about love. Yeah. This is how I love you guys. Come and eat, you know. Yes. <laughs> That's how she really is too, naturally. She is this. I really am. That's how she I am. This. She is like the coolest fucking woman ever. <laughs> and it's just like, come over. Because that's it. how I felt when I walked into that's your house. Right. She was a stranger to me. I found yeah. it online. Mm -hmm. Cooking class. My door is open. Like, truly, come over. And so she said, no, you can really make this into, you can actually, you know, life insurance money ends. And ultimately, yeah. you're going to need to, you know, do something. And this is your power. So why don't you try this? I said, okay, cool. I'm going to try it. As soon as that decision happened, boom, that company just actually, we matched. They found me. They came down. It was like, do you want to be part of our platform to teach? No, no, no. We're looking be great. We don't have any Moroccan chefs. And it all worked. And that's how there was that. And then there was another thing that was like, there's no Moroccan products in LA like that yeah. I can go buy, like preserved lemons or eggplant caviar. So I said, I'm going to do the farmer's market. Let's figure it out. Okay. And then my grandmother's name popped in my dream. Yeah. Lelamina. I love that name. Woo! I love grandma. So Grandma. now you're walking in your path. Now yes. you're walking in your power as a chef. I asked. Yeah. As a single mom, mm -hmm. raising your two kids still. Yeah. And now you're doing what you are naturally great at. Yeah. Cooking food. Yeah. And creating this incredible world of humans mm -hmm. around food. Correct. You are beyond. Aww. Honestly, when I left your the cooking class that night, I was like, Jason, I... I need, I need to see her again. Mm. He's like, baby. I said, I don't know. Like maybe I was talking about my sister, Deanna. I said, maybe Deanna can work with her. Cause she's a chef. I don't, I just have to see her again. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, all right. Like he's just <laughs> listening. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to just reach out to her. I'm going to get her on the podcast. I need to see her again mm. because you have this magic where you connect with the human, mm -hmm. but you like bring something out of humans through food mm -hmm. with food. Yeah. But it's an experience. You, it, you, it's a feeling. Like you made me feel like I was like your sister or something. You ate from my heart. Yeah, girl. That's what happened. Is yeah. that everything that I make? It's a true language of my love. Like really. Yeah. It. There's no. It's. It comes out from here, and then what we create, and when we talking, it's. It's truly, from my most intimate part that you feel. I'm literally. It's, yeah. It's. It's me. Raw. It's. It's Yasmina from La Lamina, grandma from Casablanca. Before you ran away, I'm, 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 you know, I'm living this life, this Moroccan culture so richly one night with you in L.A. Hmm. And it was so, so magical. Honored. It Deeply was so honored. cool because I went to Morocco in October, no, December. Yep. And it was beyond North. I love Africa, period. But mm. Morocco is special. And then meeting you and I, it just confirmed that Morocco, that your culture, you, it is everything that I believe it is. Mm. And 
you know, if you guys want to learn about the Moroccan culture, first of all, go learn how to cook with Yasmina because it will blow your mind. Let's eat together. Just eat our food. (laughs) Come eat. It will change your life. Where can the people, if you're in LA, if you're even visiting in LA, how can they come and have this beautiful experience that Jason and I had? Mm. Well, to have it privately, you can have it at my home and you can find me on, you know, book a class on my website mm-hmm. already. So Which there is, is La Lamina. La Lamina LA. So yeah. La Lamina LA. Uh, dot com that's one way the other company i work for is cozy meal which has been amazing i've been with mm-hmm. them for a few years and they're awesome 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 people to work with yeah. and um as a team so cozy meal is also a way to book an experience with me privately i can be i come to you you come to me however you want to do it and then i also teach at the school of cooking called gourmandise in oh. santa monica which is a much um, it's a less intimate experience but really a lot of fun so it's uh, classes are about 18 16 18 people and it's um, everybody has their own stovetop and everything and we have a lot of fun yeah. and it's also fabulous different vibe experience not in my home or right. yours but right. in an actual school setting right. bring your own bottle of wine meet some cool people eat and cook and learn and yeah so joyful yeah and i can come to you yeah you can call me yeah <laughs> <laughs> for as long as i'm in this I'm going to continue doing it and I'm excited. Like my my weeks are often unknown. I'll know a little bit, a few things, but then the rest becomes a mystery often. So I love that unknown because I'm a, kind of like a, a nomad that yeah, way. Yeah, you're this spirit. So I feel <laughs> I like, like that. This is this is what you're supposed to be doing now. Yeah, I like it. It feels good to flow in people's kitchens, yes. go into people creating things with them in their own home mm-hmm. that I really love creating, taking my kit and being and creating things, coming to people coming to my home and bringing different elements of pleasure, of sensation together, whether it's music and food and literature, you know, combining that with people that don't necessarily know one another. At least that's what they think until they meet. And then they're like, ah, so cool talking to you. No longer stranger. So it feels really, it feels good. Yeah. I feel good. I've met you one night and I feel like this is this, there's no other thing that I could see you doing right now in this moment. Everything is always shift. We always shift, yeah. you know, like you shift from fashion designer to, you know, yeah. running a business. Now yeah. you're at this phase of your life. Correct. But you're owning it. And I think that's the coolest thing. Every phase of your life you owned mm-hmm. and you believed and you trust your intuition. Yeah. Sometimes, and like you said, some days it's unknown. Yeah. You don't know, but you trust it. You do. You know, you you don't always feel. Sometimes your feeling don't always validate you. But I say, you know, for as long as you're doing something that, you know, like feeling like, oh, I'm going to wake up, I have to go work out. Like sometimes you don't feel like it, but you know, you will never regret it if you go and do it. You will come back and you never. So get your ass up and work out. Like go and do it. It's like you never regret saying I love you to somebody, right? Never. Even if they're like mean to you or whatever, you you feel like you did something really that's in your truth, right? So I feel like, you know, continue doing. Sometimes doing when you don't always feel, continue to do until you feel again is a way, you know, as long as it doesn't last too long. Yes. Where, you know, the spark has to keep coming because you don't always have the spark, but then it's like you got to ignite. And what we do is our fires got to be ignited through either an interaction, Mm -hmm. through time alone or through an amazing workout or music. You re-turn the stove on. And I feel like I operate like a stove. Yeah. Like, you know, I just I would need that little thing sometimes. You need to click on. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. 
Because every day is not sunny and bright and blue skies isn't going to go right. Mm -mm. You got to have that switch. Yeah. And you got to turn it on. You got to turn it on. It's a choice. Yeah. Do I want to turn it on or just yeah. leave it off? Yes. Let me turn it on. I know what I need. It's like your own toolbox. Right. <laughs> it's true. It really is. Yeah. What do you think is something that can automatically turn you on? Is, is your kids like a driving force? Uh, no. No, that's not always easy. Kids can, yeah. can like drive you nuts yeah. sometimes. Oh my God. It's like you can take the energy that you no longer have yeah. and take it even lower. Yeah. And you're like, I need to go. <laughs> I love them to death. Yeah, I know. Um, no. Uh, music will do it. Music. Music for me. Um, music will do it immediately. I know that happens. Or going out being on my bike or going for a run and just letting my body physically generate yeah. doing it with my own self body right. so those two things or an interaction in the street yeah. meeting somebody at the farmer's market like when i go on wednesday santa monica i was you know i'll be sometimes oh, a little funky i'm not super inspired but then having a conversation with somebody that's just there yeah. and talking about talking about food will get me on fire yeah. right away that is never failing actually yeah. that's yeah that's yeah farmer's market talking with strangers talking with strangers i that's love that <laughs> that's me to my core i my can imagine say, oh can you come with me to this event i have to talk to people i'm like yeah i'm there you're there i love it i love people we all have a story that's right so that's right and your life is so full your story is so it's so inspiring you know so what's next I know you have a book you're working on. Yep. Tell us about this book because you guys need to hear about this. And I think it's, it will inspire other people to take account of their journey as they go. Mm. So tell us about your book. What's next? Yep. Um, so the book, which I'm 99% sure is going to be called um, Raw, Ready. No, Raw, Exposed and Ready to Eat, mm -hmm. which is a story, a life story from Casablanca to Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's um, all the chapters are actually emotional food memories mm -hmm. that have recipes in them that capture every moment of my life since I can recall, um, where all the people, which mostly have been women, that have inspired the path right. and the journey through a sense, through taste, most of it because growing up love was shown through food mm -hmm. it's like i saved this little thing for you come eat it or i made you this thing you know it was so special to eat something from your grandmother or your aunt or somebody and it's a, <clears throat> a woman's story that's also a cookbook so it's a cookbook that you can flip through chapters that have a dish yeah. uh, that's going to be at the end of each chapter with a, a moment of life capturing that journey of um dealing with everything basically okay. from um yeah growing up in a muslim country dealing with all of what that mean as a woman that had all her sexual needs rebellious non-conformist ways to becoming uh, the wife of a you know somebody that's going to become an addict to ha running an amazing restaurant and doing really fabulous things to feeling the deepest sorrows and having moments where i was at zero in my bank account and then still working the magic and showing up and recreating a life and not saying not letting pain take away your power mm -hmm. but using pain as an igniter to create your fierceness mm. and so this is coming i've journaled since i was 10 years old so i combined all those journals into this cookbook wow. but it's a shorter version with 
my most favorite meals to eat that bring me such joy and happiness and what they meant and who inspired those meals. So that's the book. Ooh, I'm stoked for this. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm, I'm really excited. excited, which I'm hoping would coincide with a restaurant opening because the restaurant is in the works. Yes. You know, that has to happen, which right now I'm seeing a few things happening and being able to bring Moroccan food yes. to, you know, which it's, simplicity but also complex ways and also fusing it with what LA is about and bringing it to the public to the people of of LA right. you know it's time for that to happen and I'm ready my kids are older I feel like now it's a time for me to be able to step away a little bit and you know they can come and be a part of the yeah. place you know wherever this is um gonna happen but it's happening it's in the works i'm excited all of you. it the book the restaurant oh so, so much love stoked. so much love because you know i just want to say thank you for coming and sharing <sighs> your story honestly like i knew there was so much depth depth to you you were so free when i walked into your house like i felt it mm. i knew i wanted to know you beyond just that cooking class well you're like that i you knew can see it too thank right? you yeah you are I, you I could feel it. And I, when I left, I was like, Jason, I need to see, like, I need, I need her in my life. Mm. And he's like, you're so crazy. And I go, I know, but I do, I need yeah. her. So that. I just want to say thank you for that thank you. and for coming and for sharing your story and being vulnerable with everybody listening. Um, and I didn't touch on this being from a Muslim country, but I'm going to with this question. Mm -hmm. So usually I ask every guest, what would you tell your 21 year old self? Looking back through everything you've been through in your lifetime, is there something that you would tell yourself at 21 that could have guided you somewhere, that could have pushed you somewhere else? But I want to change it with you mm -hmm. because maybe there's a Moroccan woman, mm -hmm. young girl right now, 18 to 21, living in a Muslim country, mm -hmm. watching this. Mm -hmm. What would you tell that woman watching this right now? Oh, I say... I say more than anything, religion could give you, you know, religion can give you some guidelines, but find your own, find your own religion, what speaks truthfully to you. You know, you can vibrate with so many principles of a religion and you can absolutely not. And if those become limitations to making you explore your highest purpose, then off they go. Right. There's no guilt because that's man-made. I don't think we are made to feel guilt. Right. You know, I'm a little bit of a rebel. I, for sure. And I could shock because I'm, I grew up Muslim and this is something that us Moroccan women often feel, especially when we come to other countries, you know, we drink alcohol, you know, we have sex before we're married, yeah. we do all these things yeah. and it's happening all over the place, but it's, there's this hypocrisy. And I say, you know, we don't need all that. Be real. But if it, you know, in, in my case, I was able to do it safely. I know I was, it wasn't harming myself. Nobody right. was going to kill me or right. do anything. In other countries where things could be really, could put your life into, it's a much tougher thing. I haven't lived that to yeah. be able to understand what it mm -hmm. is. I can only imagine. And I say, you know what? Don't let anybody nor anything dim your light. Mm. If you're not going to live to your purpose, no religion, nobody, no words, mm. no doctrine, no political reason yeah. your light is bigger than anything it so is and your light is probably one of the biggest lights i've met here in la <laughs> honestly Aww. so i just want to say 
thank you. I hope you guys thank consumed you. that message because it was powerful. Mm. That was really powerful. Thank you for inspiring everybody. Thank you for empowering me. Yes. Thank you for being you and walking in your light, even in your darkest times. Mm. I just think it's super dope <laughs> that for me as a woman that aspires to be a mother yes. and a wife and own their own business, I look up to women that are doing it. And I just and just it's always it's so profound to see women doing it because I know I can because we're of fierce. you. Yeah, we're just so fierce and we're so strong and vulnerable yes. and be all that all of it. you are all of it you are so Thank beautiful you. and so fierce and Thank so you. bright and i'm so deeply honored to be exchanging here with you and i know my grandmother had to do with yeah. that la la mina <laughs> you brought yeah yeah 100 mm -hmm. you know i always say we got this yeah girl we all got this we got this we for got sure. this 100 believe yeah. it own it and surround yourself with people who believe it and know that we got this. And I think that's really the story. Yeah. You know, surrounding yourself with love and light. That's right. In your tribe. Because that's how you got this. And that's how we're it's still here tribe. today. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're there for you. Sometimes you're there for them. Yeah. That's how it works. I love it. It's a Thank beautiful you. thing. Thank you so much for Thank sharing your story. You. You're the best. You're the best. I'm going to come over soon. Oh, please do. <laughs> the <Jason> too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Esmina. <laughs> you're so welcome. Thank you. Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts.